You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome back to Prophet Pearls. This is your host, Keith Johnson, along with Chaver Shili, my friend, Nehemia Gordon. Chaver, what does that mean, Nehemia? Chaver is friend, um, but it's actually more than that. It comes from the word Lechaber, which is to connect. Aha. So Chaver is someone who is bonded to you, connected to you. Obviously, that's the case. We're at my house <laughs> still together. <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, we're in the same room now at my house. He calls me Goldilocks. And I called him Goldilocks. We'll Actually, talk he called me the three bears, but he got the story confused. <laughs> I got the story confused. Folks, we're here with Prophet Pearls. We're going to jump right into this, but I want you to know something. Nehemi and I just got off just literally within the last 48 hours from the Iron Dome tour. We have been uh, to five cities, had an amazing experience, and we did something there in Nehemi that I want to bring these folks up to date with, if mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, sure. One of the things we decided to do in doing this show is we didn't, we had no idea, is, is it true, we, we had no idea what was going on with any other uh, opportunities or anything like that. We basically decided that we were going to do Profit Pearls, and together we took about a day or so before we went on tour, we decided to invite some people to come alongside for what we called Profit Pearl Partners. Mm-hmm. And without getting too complicated, we actually had about 20 people or so that came alongside and they said they wanted the show to happen. And they actually came uh, alongside to support us. Now, the other 20 some shows that we have, you and I will end up uh, be the uh, Profit Pro Partners and we'll take some opportunities during those shows to do some updates on our ministry. Let's move mm-hmm. right into it. Our first one, though. It's a very interesting uh, couple. This is Kevin and Whitney from somewhere in Iowa. And they were so excited about coming to the Iron Dorm Tour and hearing what we were talking about. When we offered this opportunity, they were the first ones to come forward and say that they would love to uh, partner with us. But Nehemia, would you be willing to tell the story about how Kevin and Whitney actually weren't even able to go to the, to the, to the event? The event was closed down. We're going to be positive about this. Yeah. But I think it's amazing how they were so diligent. Right. And tell the folks. Well, so, so they, you know, um, this event we did in Iowa required registration. And, and there was some kind of thing where you need to register in advance. And um, these people in Iowa found out about the that the event was 15 minutes down the road from where they lived. Mm-hmm. But they had missed the deadline. Mm-hmm. And uh, they posted on my Facebook page. And I cut and pasted that and sent it to the event organizer. And uh, she ended up calling them up and finding out that they shared all these things in common about their walk of faith. Mm-hmm. And um, and they decided they're going to, you know, whether they can come to the event or not, they're going to be, you know, fellowshipping together. Yeah. And, and then they were able in the end to get, you know, there was the registration was opened up and they were able to get to the event. And mm-hmm. so what started out is like, oh, no, I missed the deadline is now like. Wow, I'm not alone in the world. There's other people who share my faith. I thought I was alone in this entire, you know, state, in this entire region, and they find out there's people who live, you know, the, the distance uh, in some places of driving to Walmart away from where they, you yeah. know, where they live. Well, it's amazing also that it went from not being able to come to now being the first uh, uh, sponsors of the yeah. Profit Pro Show. So, Kevin and Whitney, we thank you so much, and all of those that uh, have come alongside. Let's jump right in, Nehemia. We're yeah. in Isaiah chapter 54. Verse one, and I'm going to do this uh, sometimes. Oh, I got it. Oh, can I tell them something exciting? Sure. I have to tell you all something exciting. We made a really big decision in our last event. Mm -hmm. We were in California and we were doing the first 
Prophet Pearls live yeah. under a tent in yeah. California. Was that not amazing? A revival tent in the high desert. And so we're doing Prophet Pearls, the first show. Those of you that didn't hear it, you can go to NehemiahsWall.com. You can go to BFAInternational.com. And you can go and listen to the first show that we did. But we did, a, we did one live. And when we did it, I loved this. We asked the people a question. Who would like to hear the, the entire section in Hebrew? And, and this is where Nehemiah gets excited, and <laughs> it was really exciting. So he just he brought it out, and he actually did did the entire uh, section in Hebrew. We're going to make that now available as a link mm-hmm. uh, in the show. There will be there will be the show. You'll be able to listen to the show, and if you want to hear the entire section in the language in which Isaiah spoke, there will now be a link on both of uh, both of our sites right under the uh, the yeah. recording. There will be a link where you'll be reading uh, the entire section. And, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the thinking behind that, you know, one person remarked to me, he said, well, but, you know, most people who listen to it may not even understand the Hebrew. And my response to that is, that's true, but there's some power to actually hearing the words in the original language. And look, you can go online right now and listen to the whole Bible in Hebrew um, in this uh, thick, heavy Yemenite accent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can find that online. The problem that I have with that, um, and really where the idea came to me is I was on the airplane with you. We I were remember. flying to somewhere. I don't even know where. Um, and I was, you know, watching an episode of Law and Order. And I realized what I really want to be doing right now is listening to scripture. And the reason I, I you know, in the original Hebrew and, and what was holding me back is it just, it's like for me, nails on the chalkboard whenever I hear them read it and they say, you know, um, Ko amal Adonai, thus saith Adonai, mm. when in the exact text I'm looking at, and Adonai appears in some places, but in the text they're reading, it says Yehovah. And I mm. thought, if only I had a reading of the scripture with Yehovah, I would be listening to it now instead of watching something on my iPad. Um, and I thought, well, wait a minute. Why don't we just do that for Prophet Pearls? Absolutely. That's awesome. That's I think what, I'm so we're going to do this, it. you all. You're going to be able to hear. In fact, Nehemiah, we're going to ask you to record the first portion so we can mm. add that. And then, of course, yeah. now going forth, we're going to do that. Again, we appreciate those that are going to come alongside with us both in prayer and all support. Let's jump right into this. I want to read, uh, Nehemiah, if that's okay, uh, in Isaiah 54, verse 1. Yeah. Uh, in the NIV, I have a couple uh, translations. I, I like to have my Hebrew Bible in front of me. Nehemiah has got our special uh, high-tech, powerful computer and also his Hebrew Bible. So let's get right into this. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says, of course, in the NIV, it says, says the Lord. And I want to get started right away because mm-hmm. we were actually in uh, Denver and we we're with our friends, Sven and Tina, who also at some point are going to be uh, helping us here. Yeah. They, uh, Sven showed me something really interesting, which in the Hebrew comes right out. Yeah. And that is what I call the, um, the the preaching of Isaiah. It's like these these sections and then it says, saith the Lord, you know, saith Yehovah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it goes section by section. So, First section, let's talk about this real quick. Mm-hmm. First section, uh, verses, just uh, verse one. Yeah. So, so that's that's where we have the first uh, part where he's where he's actually making a declaration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know he's speaking, and I love I love reading Isaiah especially because you just get this image. You know, I get the image. He's you know standing in the public square, and there's people walking back and forth, and all of a sudden he shouts at the top of his lungs. And in case you thought this was Isaiah just making stuff up, he says, Amar Yehovah, uh-huh. saith Yehovah. And then everybody stops in their tracks. Well, wait, stop. What did you say? Yeah. 
and 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 he's and he's using here this this image, this metaphor, this you know maybe even allegory of um of the barren woman and um and there's all these you know orphans who are the sons of the barren woman or or the abandoned woman and who is the abandoned woman in this passage who who is that keith well i mean that, that here's what i like to say yeah. this is what i said before i'll say it again what i love about isaiah and what mm-hmm. i love about reading the passages is the old thing i used to say before keep reading i like to get the context yeah. i could look at one verse yeah and i could guess okay or i could keep reading and I could find out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you agree? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. But ha- having read the context, um, <laughs> if I will, so so here's you know he- here's one of the things. Um, so here in this passage, and again, like you said, you have to read the whole context. But it's referring to Israel, to God's people, as the barren woman. Mm-hmm. Now, why is Israel the barren woman, the God's people? Because they've sinned, they've been punished, and now He's telling them, "You've been scattered off into the diaspora. You you are you are um, you know suffering." under this this punishment but there will be hope for you yeah absolutely and that's in the next verse he's talking about how you're you know we'll get to that mm-hmm. you know you're, you're you're going to expand and you're going to you know even though you're you're you know this abandoned woman you'll well, be let taking me read that it. Let me read wait it. wait so but can, I, can i just bring this because this yeah. is really cool so you know some people listening to this and i've had this conversation with people they say well wait a minute israel can't be the ba- abandoned woman because in other places israel is the beloved wife and in other places Israel is, you know, there's this various images of Israel. And I think that's a really important point that there are these metaphors, these allegories that are used to describe Israel and other things, of course. Um, and they aren't consistent because they're allegories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not to be taken literally. Mm-hmm. Meaning Israel's not literally a woman who is uh, barren, um, obviously. So, for example, Exodus 4, 22 to 23, Israel is, is God's firstborn son. Mm-hmm. And so, and he says to Pharaoh, you know, you have enslaved my firstborn son, so I'm going to kill your firstborn son. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have there the image of father and son mm-hmm. for God's chosen people. And then Hosea chapter 2, verse 16, 18 in the Hebrew, we have uh, God as uh, the husband to Israel, the wife. Mm-hmm. Now, Psalm 123, 2 is really interesting. I had a, this morning, I was looking at it again. Just to make sure, wait, is that really what it says? But there it's Israel as the maidservant, not to her husband or her master, but to her mistress, mm-hmm. is what it says in the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And and it says there, our eyes are like uh, the maidservant to, to her mistress. And, and in that case, and mistress meaning the master of the house, not, mm-hmm. <laughs> not mistress mm-hmm. in the other sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Yehovah there is the, the, the you know, it's interesting. He, Yehovah there is the boss. Do you know where the word boss comes from, Keith? Tell me. Boss comes from the Yiddish phrase balabos, mm-hmm. which is the Hebrew ba'alatabait, the mm-hmm. mis, the female head of the house. It's mm-hmm. called ba'alatabait. Mm-hmm. And so boss actually comes from that, from the Yiddish pronunciation balabos. <laughs> um, in English, it comes from the Yiddish word. So God is the boss. He's uh-huh. the, the female master of the house. And, the, and, and that's shocking because, wait a minute, no, 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 we've got to have God as the man. He's the father. He's the husband. Mm-hmm. No, it's an allegory. It's not to be taken literally. Mm-hmm. Um, in Isaiah 1.3, Israel is the animal to her owner. And that's a number place in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the most common one, actually, is Isaiah Isaiah 41.8, which appears, especially in Isaiah, but in a bunch of places, where Israel is the Eved, the slave. You know, mm-hmm. we like to say servant because that's mm-hmm. politically correct. But Israel is the slave to, her, to his master, and God is the master. Um, and some people will say, well, no, no, wait a minute. Jesus is the Eved. Yeshua is the, is the, is the servant. Um, and, and we could have that conversation about other passages, but Isaiah 41, eight says, Israel by name, you are my servant. Sure. Right. So, so here we have these images. And, and I once had this conversation with, with someone and he was, you know, he had, he had developed a whole theology behind the idea of God as the husband and Israel as, uh, 
as the, the, the wife and there's a divorce and he had, he developed a whole theology about how there had to be engineered this whole thing for a remarriage. Mm-hmm. And I said, but this is just a, 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 me- a metaphor. It's not meant to be taken literally. Mm-hmm. He said, well, if it's a metaphor, it's a literal metaphor. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what a little literal metaphor is. Here's where we get in trouble, where, where we push these things beyond what they were intended to as, as allegories and metaphors. And an example I'd love to bring is where it says Judah is a lion. Um, and so Judah has some of the aspects of a lion. He's mighty. He's fierce. People are afraid mm-hmm. when, when he's doing right and Jehovah is behind him. But Judah doesn't you know, do the other things lions do. He doesn't walk around in the street you know, pooping like lions do and live in the savannah and, and you know, like, right. so, so when we push these metaphors beyond what they were intended, it gets really convoluted. Mm-hmm. So well, it's we, interesting, yeah. you know, when you're talking about reading scripture and knowing, and this is what I, what I think is so important about language history and context, knowing yeah. when we're dealing with context in the context, are we dealing with an allegory? Are we dealing what kind of picture are we looking at? What I, what I enjoy about scripture mm-hmm. is where God uh, knows how our minds work and says, you know, sometimes I can explain it, but maybe I need to illustrate it. Yeah. And maybe I need to applicate, you know, in those, right. so, you know illustrate it in application. So what, what I think when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, OK, why do we want to keep reading? Because if we keep reading, we get the picture that he's, that's being painted. And Isaiah is a great preacher. Mm-hmm. He's preaching. God's giving him the word and he's and he's preaching in pictures, which I which I think is Really so you're saying Isaiah was like a Methodist pastor of, of 700 Absolutely. BC? <laughs> <laughs> so here's what it says. It says, enlarge, verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. And let me just tell everyone why I'm reading, by the way, um, mm-hmm. in the NIV. I call it my Methodist Bible. Um, I, what I love about the NIV simply is this. One thing I love about it is that in the language that I speak now, in the modern English, yeah. they've done their best to do that. What I don't like about it is that many times we have to have the accountability of the original language. And so why is it important for me to read it the way I'm reading it? I'm reading it so you understand, first of all, what's being said in the English language. What I love about what we're trying to do is we have the source right here with us. So when we see conflict between what is being read in the quote unquote modern English language and we open up the Hebrew and see it, it's the best of both worlds for me. Mm-hmm. I want to communicate to people. Yeah. If I stand up and start speaking the verse like you did in Hebrew, yeah. they're going to say, what are you talking yeah. <laughs> about? But if I tell them, here's how it's translated. Yeah. Now, again, about translation. I like to always have at least two translations. Mm-hmm. And again, we've got the source plus two translations. And with this wonderful computer, I think we got about, what, <laughs> 30? A, a whole bunch. So, can, can I say something yes. about that? You yeah. know, what you're saying is you know, you're speaking today to people who, who are English speakers. And for those who don't speak English, and maybe yes. this will be translated one day, you know, <laughs> yeah. we hope it is. Um, but, you know, there, there's this great verse, and I know this is off topic, but can, can I just bring it real sure. quick? Without bringing the whole verse, I'll just reference it. There's this passage in Jeremiah where God says to Jeremiah, go speak to the nations. And all of a sudden, in the middle of Jeremiah, it's unique. He breaks out speaking in Aramaic because mm-hmm. that was the international language of the time. It was the language of diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And he has this one verse in Jeremiah, I believe it's chapter 10, where he speaks the whole only verse in the entire book of Jeremiah, mm-hmm. the only book in, in what we call in Hebrew the prophets, uh, which doesn't include Daniel, the only book in the entire prophets that, the only verse rather, in the entire prophet that's in Aramaic, and it's because Jeremiah is speaking to the people in their language. Mm. And um, and so I think that's a precedent that, you know, okay, if there's a message, there's nothing wrong with it being translated. Uh, in that case, the original was Aramaic. There's nothing with, with it being translated as long as we recognize in our modern context that translations are limited. Yes. Uh, there, you know, people ask me all the time, I get this email sometimes daily, definitely every week, 
what is the best translation to use? And, and, and it's, there's no simple answer to that because the real answer is there's no perfect translation. And if you're comparing several translations, you're probably in a good place mm -hmm. to see what the differences are. And then when there's differences, you say, okay, there I need to look a little deeper. Even when there's no differences, you should you know, know that that, so, so that doesn't necessarily mean what it something? says in Hebrew. Yeah. Let me okay. confess this. Yeah. So I've been going around talking about that I'm reading the Bible that Yeshua reads. And so, yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll hold it up. Yeah. I'll say, this is the Bible Yeshua. And I'll say, of course, yeah. he didn't read it in his form. He read the, the, the scrolls. scrolls. Yeah. And so I'm reading it. And so people will call Karen on it. Karen at the BFA. Karen, we want that Bible. Mm -hmm. We want the Bible that Yeshua. <laughs> so she says, okay, but you understand. No, I want the Bible that Keith says that Yeshua's my So they'll get the Bible. <laughs> She'll tell her which one it is. They'll get it. They'll open it up and they're like, Karen, there's no English in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so those, you know, anyway, I bet, maybe I should do a better job of that in the future. But let me continue. Verse okay. 2, in the middle it says, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations. And settle in their desolate cities. Now, let me tell everyone, mm -hmm. we are on what we call the 45 minute to the hour plan. So yeah. we're going to find the pearls as we're going through. Would okay. you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me okay. continue. And, you, and we've had people complain, but you didn't talk about this verse or that oh verse. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Look, we're trying to limit this to 45 yes. minutes. If we go to an hour, it's not the end yeah. of the world. Do, do, but we, we've, we've got to go forward. Yeah. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. <laughs> do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Mm -hmm. And then verse 5. <laughs> mm -hmm. For your maker is your husband. And what does it say in Hebrew, the next phrase? In my Bible, it says, the Lord Almighty is his name. Again. In Hebrew, it says, Yehovah. It says Almighty in your translation? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes, yes, yes. It says, Yehovah Tzivaot Shemo. Yehovah of hosts is his name. Now, stop. I'm going to make this the word of the week. Yeah. Can we both do this for a second? Yeah. When I hear Yehovah Tzivaot, yeah. I, I, I'm always reminded, like... It just—I don't know. It's—it's. It's, there's another word in this in this in this mm -hmm. passage we're going to talk about. But if someone wanted to look up that word, let's. And one of our listeners from last week said, "Could you please tell us what the actual letters of the word of the week okay. are?" Yeah. So can we give them the letters first, and then it's construction. How 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 the yeah. word actually comes out. So here we have the word tzavaot, and the root is important for mm -hmm. Hebrew word of the week. Every word in Hebrew has a three-letter root. Mm -hmm. Always ask, what are the three letters of the Hebrew? Yes. So it's the letters Tsadi Bet Aleph, those are the three letters. It has the suffix ot, which is the feminine plural. Mm. So tsivaot is um that we translate it in English as hosts, you know, mm. Yehovah of hosts or mm. Lord of hosts. Mm. But Sava is literally, in a very literal sense, a mass of something, mm. a mass number of something. And it's applied, uh, just off the top of my head, to three things. Armies. Yep. Now, why is it an army? Because think about the ancient armies. They were nice. these large formations of people, hosts. Mm -hmm. It refers to the stars of heaven. Yes. For example, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. And they were complete, the heavens and the earth and all their hosts. Mm -hmm. So there it's the stars and actually everything on the earth, the multitudes of animals and, and mm -hmm. fish and mm -hmm. all of that is the tzava, the tzava and the, the, the hosts. And then also the angels are referred to as hosts. Mm -hmm. So we've got the, the the stars, the angels, the armies, and really everything in the earth is also tzvaot, the whole the whole or in the universe. Mm -hmm. So Yehovah tzvaot is we could translate roughly. Well, it's interesting. Which one does it refer to there? Mm. So we have the word this word referring to the in the desert to the Israelites. This mm -hmm. word tzvaot. Um, so is is Yehovah of hosts? You know, Yehovah the God of Israel. Is that what it means? Meaning that the masses of Israel. Um, you know, for example, Exodus twelve forty one says, and at the end of four hundred and thirty years, and, and that very day, 
Yatsu kol tzivot Yehovah. All the hosts of Yehovah went out from the land of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the meaning of tzivot. And it's not entirely clear. Maybe it's all maybe, of them. No, it's not. I'm going I'm to go out on a limb on this. Yeah. And I'll tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. You ready? Sure. Are you ready? Yeah. Give me the pre- Keep preach it. reading. Keep what reading. What it says in the next okay. thing. Oh, okay. It says here. Uh, it says Yehovah tzavot. And then what's the next verse? It mm-hmm. says... The, and it's and it's a and it's a continuation. The Holy One of Israel. Okay. Well, that doesn't tell I, us. What I, 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 listen, I'm saying what I'm saying yeah. is when I read that, when I'm reading through that through it, and I see Yehovah Tzavaot, yeah. and the next one does two things for me. One, yeah. I feel like it's it's a continuation. He is the one who is the Yehovah of, of the host. Right. But not only that, when people ask about, well, who is this God, and how is it connected, and why? In fact, we had someone just a week ago yeah. who got up to argue that you know this whole thing about Israel, you can't really find it that often. It, it, it's it's beyond Israel, and that's one of the things that my tradition does is tends to push Israel under the under the rug. And here, what we see in this verse is that He's the Holy One of Israel. So let's deal with that separate. So just to yeah. finish up on Yehovah of Hosts, Yehovah Tzavot. So what's really interesting to me is there are these ancient Greek documents. And they actually <laughs> have that phrase in Greek mm. as sabaot. They write it, you know, uh, the equivalent of S-A-B-A-O-T, sabaot, because mm-hmm. the Greeks couldn't pronounce tsa or sa, sabaot. So, um, but in Hebrew, it appears 14 times this exact phrase, almost this exact phrase. So we have 12 times where it literally to the word says, Yehovah Tzavaot Shemo. Yehovah of hosts is his name. Mm-hmm. And I'll really quickly read you off. Isaiah 47, 4, 48, 2, 51, 15, 54, 5. Uh, so it's four times in Isaiah. Then in Jeremiah, uh, 10, 16, 31, 35, 32, 18, 46, 18, 48, 15, 50, 34, 51, 19, 51, 57. I hope somebody goes and looks Nobody these up. Nobody is going to no, know. No, you must look I, this I up. love that they put it up. But if you're going to do that, tell them 31, yeah. verse 34, 32, 38. Yeah, 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 they they know what that means. <laughs> um, and then finally in Amos, so think about that. It's four times in Isaiah, eight times in Jeremiah, and then twice in Amos. But in Amos, is a variation. There it's Yehovah Elohei Tzvaot yes. Shemo. Yes. Yehovah, the God of Tzvaot, is his name. So mm-hmm. it has that word. Um, and that's probably the full phrase when it mm-hmm. says Yehovah of hosts. It's Yehovah, mm-hmm. the God of hosts. Amen. So that's uh, Amos 4.13 and 5.27. So 14 times it has that exact phrase mm-hmm. or, or a variation of the exact phrase. Yehovah Tzvaot is his name. Mm-hmm. And Yehovah Tzvaot appears, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how many times. Lots of times. I'll tell you in a second actually how many times. That exact phrase, Yehovah of hosts, appears. 259 times in the Tanakh Mm -hmm. Um, and the other places it doesn't say is his name Mm -hmm. that's the difference but so that's really kind of an important topic Mm -hmm. uh, or important concept and and again what we have there is um, Tzivaot can mean the Tzivaot the hosts of Israel the hosts Mm -hmm. of heaven I mean the angels or the hosts of heaven meaning the stars Mm -hmm. and and he's all those things hallelujah and then the next phrase says that uh, not only that well in the NIV of course it says this it says in verse 5 uh, after you say, Maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name, the Holy One of Israel's Redeemer. And then it says, he is called the God of all the earth. So it's like, Amen. that's just, you know, puts the cherry on top. Yeah. So so let's continue. It says here, the Lord will call you back. Yehovah will call you back as if you were a wife, deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God, for a brief moment. And let, before we get to seven, I want to stop at six. Mm-hmm. So here's the image. Yeah. Let me ask you this. In the Torah, when we talk about the wife who is no longer married to the husband, if we mm-hmm. were to take this far far enough, there's the issue of, as my friends uh, Kevin and Whitney brought up, they wanted to bring up the issue of, well, doesn't that mean that uh, that God has divorced himself mm-hmm. from Israel? And, and maybe maybe since he's divorced, he can't take her back. 
reading the Torah and what the rules mm. rules and regulations of the Torah are, how can God do this? Is, is this what we're talking about? Is this a, or well, is for, this a picture? So, so yeah, first of all, yeah, like we said, this is an allegory. It's mm -hmm. a metaphor. It's an image to help us understand what's going on. And, and, and like I said, I, and from my perspective, that's where we get, you know, mm -hmm. kind of in a dangerous situation where we start to push these things and take them too literally. Mm -hmm. And we say, well, wait a minute. In Deuteronomy 24, it says if, if a man divorces a woman and she goes and marries a second man, then he can't take her back uh, when she divorces that second man, meaning mm -hmm. the first husband. Um, and we definitely in Ezekiel have a much more developed allegory referring mm -hmm. to Israel mm -hmm. as this adulterous woman who has gone astray and then God takes her, you know, her, her back and people have said, well, wait a minute, God's violating his own commandment. Well, that's just an allegory. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not to be taken literally. Well, no, I mean, I, I mean, but you understand why that would be an issue. Yeah. I mean, if you're reading, you're saying, okay, how is this connected? And so again, right. bringing the fact that it is an allegory is what's important, but there's a picture that's being painted mm -hmm. and the picture is, so if you take that, just imagine now, imagine that picture, you're married, you've been sent away. Right. And then he says, he says, after it's all said and done, come back to me and how does he say come back to you i mean actually yeah. it gets pretty interesting here well so so just just real quick um so this whole issue of the, of the metaphor and allegory just in case people don't aren't aware of these terms what we really mean is symbolism mm -hmm. yes. you know in other words israel is not literally a woman mm -hmm. israel is a nation of millions of people yes. <laughs> and the symbolism you know to, to what he's trying to do is is like you said paint a word picture paint a picture mm -hmm. That we can see in our minds, oh, okay, Israel sinning against God. Well, what what can we compare that to mm -hmm. um, in our daily lives? And when we've mm -hmm. seen women who have been rejected by their husbands for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and and then he has this image here, and it's so powerful in, in the Hebrew in verse eight, where it is. Um, what do you have there at the beginning of your, your verse in, in eight? Wait, no. So you're going to go want, to you want to do seven? And I can't just for a second. Can you yeah. hold off? The, on just sure. for a second. I mm -hmm. want to do one thing in verse. Yeah. What I love about the Hebrew language, the modern language. Yeah. So you don't remember this? I'm going to bring up a little personal thing. We had yeah. some, some years ago when you and I were first started to study. I said, Nehemiah, um, I want to, I want to, I want to speak Hebrew. I want to speak. The, and you're like, no, no, we're going to, we're going to focus on the biblical Hebrew. And I'm like, mm -hmm. but Nehemiah, I want you to speak Hebrew. And what would you kept saying? You there's no, you have no savlanut, no patience to, to help me. So for literally about three years, you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't speak uh, with me in, in modern Hebrew. That's because I couldn't even come up with a phrase. But can I just say something that's really powerful? Not to go too far. Sure. What I love about the Hebrew language, if you take the present modern day Hebrew language, much of it, and I don't know what the percentages are, actually come directly mm -hmm. from Scripture. Now, Absolutely, there's no yeah. word for airplane. Nope. Okay? But there may be words that are connected with how the modern word for airplane is somehow connected in Scripture. Am I, am I right? I mean, whether it's... Whether it's I don't to, know that example I, I mean, I'm just true, saying, yeah. I'll give you an example. <laughs> but I mean, like the, some, some root words mm -hmm. that are used in present day. So here's yeah. this phrase. It says in English, for, it says here in verse uh, uh, 7, for a brief moment. But when I open the Hebrew Bible, it says, Berega mm -hmm. katon. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so when we're in Israel, they'll say what? Rega, 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 rega. Okay, I'm, I'm it's like wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, rega, 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 rega. But wait then it says katon, yeah. a small. Help me with yeah. this, a small moment. Now, right. a brief moment. That that right. makes sense. Yeah. But when I when I read that and I hear that phrase, it says, and and again, it says, for a brief moment, mm -hmm. I abandon you. Right. What is a brief moment? How long is that in comparison to his to all of history? Right. He could say for a season. How many years, yeah. Nehemiah? Ten years? Doesn't say, yeah. Seven years? 
30 years? From his perspective, it's a brief moment. 400 years? To me, years? it feels like it's forever. <laughs> exactly. Now I want to bring this. So are there times yeah. where in, the, in, 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 in your life where you just say, you know, it feels like this has been forever? Oh, yeah. I, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. No, I let, so I want to bring something up. I yeah, want to bring okay. something up. And this is, this is really interesting. So two years ago. Amen. Two years ago, yeah. we actually recorded two Prophet Pearl shows. You might not remember it. You're not going to remember it, but I'm going to remind you. Did yeah. you know that yeah. two years ago we actually tried to do mm-hmm. Prophet Pearls, and we only recorded two shows? Mm-hmm. Those two shows were put into an archive, mm-hmm. and it's my understanding that right now those mm-hmm. two shows have been brought out. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is I actually – this is really cool. I thought, man, two years ago in the situation that we were in, why we were stopped and everything, it seemed like – it was an eternity. You mean the last two years? <laughs> the last two years. Yeah. It seemed like an eternity. And now two years later, we're sitting here and we're doing Prophet Pearls. And I got to tell you, it really is a brief moment. Mm-hmm. In comparison to the big history of God, sometimes our momentary troubles are just that. They're mm-hmm. momentary. Yeah. And in the, in the big picture, it's like the, in, in the New Testament talks about a mist. Your life is a mist that appears, but for a little while. Mm-hmm. In comparison to the big picture, it's just like that. Yeah. And what he's saying here is just like that. For a brief moment, yeah. for a yeah. small second, this is what I did. Yeah. But I mean, when I read that, actually, it actually encourages me because mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like you're stuck in a in a time zone, like right. you just don't break out of it. Well, so so one of the concepts I came across actually two years ago, just probably around the same time this issue was going on, mm. is you know, and this is some research I did and, and helped me come to terms with, with kind of some things that were going on in my life, is that there's this concept that they talk about, which they call infant time. Mm. And and there's a distinction between infant time and adult time. Now, I don't remember being an infant, um, but the idea is that an infant experiences time different than an adult. Come on. And they give the example of uh, this is from the books I've read and, and, you know, psychology and stuff like that. They talk about, you know, the mother goes to get, you know, milk from the refrigerator or you know, whatever she goes. And the baby is crying, you know, wanting, um, you know, wanting to do what the baby wants to do. And it's and the baby doesn't know if the mother's ever going to come back. Mm. Now we we hear that and we're like, what do you mean? Of course she's going to come back. You know, she came back last time, didn't she? But the baby doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. And from the baby's perspective, this is forever. It feels like an eternity. And this is why the baby is crying and whining and wailing. Yes, because as far as the baby knows, this is an eternity. Yeah, these three and a half minutes where the mother is going and, you know, getting, you know, getting a drink or getting, you know, something to eat is to the baby an eternity. Mm. And, and the baby really doesn't know any different, the infant. Mm. And so where things get complicated for adults is we actually experience infant time. Mm. And we generally will experience that when we're going through certain things. Difficulty. Difficulties. Well, and and I'll give you the example from my books that, you know, didn't really apply to me, but it, it was a great illustration. So they were saying like, for example, an alcoholic, Mm-hmm. When he goes cold turkey and stops drinking and, you know, usually they'll say, OK, so now you're stopping and, you you know, you have to go through the period of withdrawal and you intellectually understand that and you hear about that. And look, I've never had a problem with alcohol. I've got other issues. Um, but he hears, you know, he hears about that intellectually until he experiences it means nothing because mm-hmm. when he's experiencing this withdrawal, that is infant time. Mm-hmm. And for him and it's different for each person. The withdrawal mm-hmm. might be a week. Mm-hmm. It might be, you know, two months. It might be a year. Mm-hmm. Whatever that withdrawal is. You know, he'll look back years later and say, you know what? Those 42 days I went through, 
I just went through 42 days and I blinked and they went by. But the 42 days I was going through withdrawal were the longest 42 days of my life. And so here's this verse. And, and that, now, Nehemiah, this is what's so beautiful. And, for and, me. and so look, for me as Israel, we're in infant time right now, waiting for the father to take us back, waiting for our husband to rehusband us. You know, we, we've you know been scattered throughout the diaspora. Yes. And it's a blink of an eye in, in the in the perspective of history. Mm. But for us right now, we're in infant time. And I oh. can't wait to get to that adult <laughs> Come on time. With that. <laughs> Come so, on. He, so he says, he says, for a brief moment, I abandoned you. And here's what, again, I love about... The, the and I have to stop again. He yeah. says, "For a brief moment, for 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 rega katon." But then it says in English, he says, "That's what I did for a brief moment." They says, "But with deep compassion, I bring you back." Mm-hmm. If we can't look at that word yeah. for one second, I'm going to hit you in the nose. <laughs> no, I'm going to hit you right in the nose. And for a brief moment, I'm going to turn hit the you. other cheek. <laughs> okay, so listen. Could we do me a favor? Yeah. One of my most favorite verses in the Bible mm-hmm. actually brings out the word of what the word in my in the NIV says is compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think you know which one that is. Um, you do. I don't know what your favorite verse well, is. Well, come yeah, on. Okay. okay. So okay. You know, Exodus 34, 6 to 7? Ex- yes. That's my favorite verse. No, that's my favorite it. verse. <laughs> no. off my favorite so, verse. So, let's, let's read so, it. Would you do me a favor? <clears throat> I want yeah. you to do, us, do, the, do, do our listeners a favor. First, I want you to read the verse in Isaiah. Yeah. And I want you to read the verse... As Isaiah is preaching it. Yeah. For a moment, what does he say? I abandoned you. And then what does it say at the end of the verse? I will gather you in. No, before that. Oh. The two words before. Uberacham, I'm going to get to that one. That's my third, second favorite. Okay. okay. Now, with, read the entire phrase, okay. verse 7, for, for our listeners. Stop. For a moment small. Yeah. Okay. I did what? I abandoned. I abandoned. I left you, you literally. Now, and that again is the woman. She she walks away from the baby. It's just a second. She yeah. just needs to get a second. It, just need to get She's some water. Go get some water. And, okay. <laughs> it's now, a come small on moment. And then now, and then go ahead. Ah, rachamim. Now, when I hear that word, I'm immediately reminded yeah. of Exodus. Would yeah. you Would you go to Exodus, please? Yeah. And and share with the folks why sure. why this is so so. So, so Exodus thirty four six to seven. I've said it a million times. Is probably one of the most important passages in the bible mm. and it's because moses says i want to know you god i want to understand yes, you yes. reveal yourself to me yes and he and how does he reveal himself he describes what are known as the attributes he yes. describes god's characteristics mm-hmm. it says and yehovah passed over his face and he called out so yehovah is passing before mm-hmm. moses and yehovah calls out describing himself yehovah yehovah el rachum v'chanun el chapayim v'rav chesed v'emet Mm-hmm. So here we have God describing his characteristics. He first calls out his name twice. Mm-hmm. Yehovah, Yehovah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some people have actually, I'm going to say that for ah, I'll, I'll tell you. Some people have interpreted that to mean Yehovah is Yehovah, because that's what we call nominative sentence mm-hmm. in Hebrew. That's a different discussion. El rachum v'chanun. A God or a mighty one who is Rachum and Chanun, who is I, merciful and gracious. Okay. I'm not going to let us off the hook. Folks, you're going to yeah. have to bear with us. Open your Bibles. Yeah. Nehemiah, we haven't done this. This is only our second show. Yeah. I want you to do me a favor. Go to the little special computer we have. Yeah. Tell us about the three-letter root Racham. of the word Racham. And tell us, to the best of our ability, 
what that word means in its original. Oh, well, that, what it originally means is clear. It's obvious. It's it's um. Now, it, did you folks hear that? It's clear. It's obvious. Well, it's one, it's one of those you words. You say this, and people they don't look. It's it's one of those words that that you know. Um, I mean, we have examples of this in English. So think about in English. We have the word month. Yes. And the word month to anybody who thinks about it comes from the word moon. Yes. You know, obviously. So we have this word rachamim, mercy, mm. and it comes from the word rechem, and rechem is simply the Hebrew word for womb. You, the Hebrew word for womb. Womb. W-O-M-B. A woman's womb. A woman's womb. Now, Womba. now, here's what people, here's the moment. Here's the pearl. Come on now. Get with me. Here's the pearl. He's talking here. He starts out, sing, O barren woman. Yes. He's talking about the woman who, you know, who has no yes. child. And he moves on. He says, you know, get ready, get ready. I'm about to do this. And he says, for a second, for a moment, I went away. But guess what? With great, with great compassion. Yeah. And the, again, the English word compassion what is it about the womb? What is it about the description that he would say, this is who I am. This is what my, these, these are my attributes. These are my attributes. I am, I am one who takes you in and nurtures you mm-hmm. and, and grows you and nurture. I mean, wow. Well, I mean, so, that's and, the word. And really, I, I think we're the, you know, the meaning of this word, mercy or compassion mm-hmm. is really, it comes from the literal womb. And then by extension, the feeling of a woman towards that which comes out of her womb. Now you're talking. To that's me. what rachamim is. That's mm-hmm. what mercy. That what God's compassion is. Mm-hmm. He has that feeling towards us, mm-hmm. just as the woman innately, inherently, naturally has this feeling mm-hmm. for the child that comes out of her womb. And that's what mercy is. Amen. That God has the attribute of the womb. And so what we have at the end of verse eight, Nehemiah yeah. says, "But with everlasting kindness, I shall have compassion on you." Says, and in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It now gives a different. It gives a different description. Mm-hmm. Still using Yehovah, but he's talking about your Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Why I want to bring this up is this is the second time, the second of these sections where we have thus saith mm-hmm. or says, mm-hmm. and so now it's the end of another section. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about the word Redeemer before we move to the next? Well, the, so the next. so just you know going back to earlier in verse, well, can we talk about seven? The Akabzeh. Yes, we got to talk about that. Oh, so, we how can. Was, so I had my notes. So he's, he won't let me have my notes, you guys. We just got our Bibles open. We have to prepare ahead of time. You can have we have your to, notes. No, no. We have to study it ahead of time. And this is one of these words, Nehemiah, yeah. that I think is one of the funniest yeah. words. Okay. It's, it's funny to so me. So at the end of verse mean. 7, he says, With great rachamim, with great compassion, attribute of the womb, akabtsech, I will. I will gather you in. And the word there uh, in the 1800s, there were these people who came to Israel and they said, we are the ingathering. And they established little farms and they called those farms kibbutz. Kibbutz, kibbutz. Kibbutz, <laughs> kibbutz is, it literally means ingathering. Yes. And so you could translate that, you could you know, semi-translate it and say, with great compassion of the womb, I will kibbutz you, meaning I will gather you yes. in back to your land. And so I, I love that. That there's this, you know, concept of um, God is going to gather. And this is a term that appears, you know, like throughout the Tanakh. Mm -hmm. And it's almost become this technical term that this refers to God gathering in the exiles. I will gather you in. And, of course, in the context of of, of a divorced woman, of abandoned woman, he kicked her out of the house, kicked her to the curb. And she's sitting there all all alone for what, you know, what seems like an eternity for Mm -hmm. her, even though it's a small moment. Mm -hmm. And then I will gather you back into the house. I'll bring you back into your land. Amen. Amen. And so we see these, we see these... uh, when yeah. you, you go to a place and they'll say, well, I, I grew up at such and such, or I live at such and such kibbutz. And I'm, that's an example yeah. where a modern word is yeah. being used. I had no idea yeah. that that word 
was here until oh, we yeah. study this passage. Yeah. I mean, it's just... And one of the main streets in Tel Aviv is called Kibbutz Galuyot, which means the ingathering of the exiles, I mean, meaning it's re- it's preserved its original meaning even it, in Hebrew. It, Everybody knows what it means in Hebrew. Exactly. So, it's amazing. So can I just talk about, and I know we're, we're, we're oh, running out of time. No, we're but, not running out of time. Okay. We're good. So the first two words of verse 8, Beshetsef Ketsef. What do you got there in your English? Ah, in verse 8, Beshetsef, have, In Shetsef Ketsef, I, I hid my... In a surge of anger. In a surge of anger. And, and the word there is, so first of all, ketsif is anger, but it also can and possibly have this meaning of foam. So in this in this mm-hmm. rushing foaming, it's the image of a river or in Israel, more likely, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have the, these flash floods. And in the flash flood, you see this foam mm-hmm. coming up when, when, the, when the, the, the stream comes to a, a slight bend. And it's, it's this, this intensity uh, that has to do with water. Mm-hmm. And that becomes important in the next verses. We'll see that the see image it? of water. The next verse, yeah. But you could have completely missed that. There's an image here of water. Which is, you know, the, this great wrath, uh, or um, literally this this uh, foaming flow. In this foaming flow, I hid my face from you, and and or I hid my face in a moment from you. And, and there, you know, I go into my book, Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence, about mm-hmm. this whole image of God hiding his face, and how the priestly blessing, where it talks about God lifting his face and shining his face, and that's referring... Mm-hmm. Back to this concept of God hiding His face. That's a whole. I mean, we don't probably don't have time to well, go no, that. What, but it, people should read my book, Shattering the Spirit. You must read the book. What do you mean, Nehemiah? Let's stop and do what we said we would do. The ministry minute. Go ahead. Yeah. So you know, each of us has different ministries, and my ministry is called Makor Hebrew Foundation, M A K O R Makor. And the idea of Makor Hebrew Foundation, Makor is the ancient Hebrew word for the source, and I got it from Jeremiah, where it says they left Yehovah, the source of living water, and, and hewed for themselves the broken cisterns and and some other things. But um, Makor Hebrew Foundation, that's my ministry. And, and some of the things I'm doing on my website, nehemiaswall.com, is um, you know one of the main activities. It has to do with uh, the new moon, this new moon ministry. In fact, this Saturday night, we'll have our observers all over Israel looking for the new moon, and we'll set that Im- information out. Um, I want to encourage people around the world, even though the, the new moon in Israel is, is really the one that counts, but I want you to go out and look at God's time up in the sky, wherever you are, um, and, and you can see it. You can see the new moon. You go out just after sunset on Saturday night, and in some places in the world you'll see it, and some you won't. Um, the other thing we're doing is um, I've got this thing called the support team studies I'm putting out, and there's a really exciting one coming out um, You know, probably in the next week or so, and it's going to be about sharing my experiences in, in, um, in Nepal and how I had this amazing revelation about, about the Torah. I call it Torah Trekking in Nepal. And, uh, and finally, a brand new thing the ministry is doing, McCore Hebrew Foundation and Nehemiaswall.com, one of the brand new things is we're going to be doing this monthly Q&A. We're going to try that, you know, ask people to send in questions, and we'll choose a question, and we'll do a short audio or possibly video um, in response to that as the monthly Q&A. So that's Nehemiaswall.com, McCore Hebrew Foundation. Awesome. That's a minute, ministry minute by uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he went a minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> You, you can go longer than that. It's an amazing ministry, Nehemi. You've uh, for, for years, you've been putting out information that's changing people's lives. And I like the fact that the website is really up and going, NehemiahsWall.com. Make sure you visit that. Um, my ministry minute is BFAInternational.com. What I love about our site is that we're really, finally, it's after a couple of years now, we're reaching people around the world, inspiring people to build a biblical foundation for their faith. So what we're doing at BFA is we're providing information on God's time, God's Torah, God's tetragrammaton, his name. And what I mostly am really calling people to do is to go there and at least register as a free member because the amount of information that's coming out right now with Prophet Pearls, 
with everything we're doing, Scripture Bites, it's just, it's, it's starting to grow. So I'm challenging you, you, if you'd be willing to at least visit bfainternational.com. Once you get there, it's uh, it's like a car. It'll drive for you. <laughs> I wish I could say that it would drive for you, but when it's you like get the there, we really, Google car no, we really do, we do need people's help. There's three levels. I want to tell you what the three levels are. One, you go there, you just look at everything that's free that you don't have to do any registration. Two, you register as a free member. That gives you access to even more information. Three, you become a part of the premium content library, which I have to be completely honest. That is our way of, of getting support for the things that are in front of us, the series that we're doing, things that we're working on. Um, but we don't just ask you to give. We're actually giving you something. So you get access. I think the number is something like 45 different uh, television quality um, the things that are available, a number of things. So, and again, BFAInternational.com, NehemiasWall.com. Every week we're going to take a minute at least mm-hmm. to give a ministry minute. Yeah. And that's our way of letting people know what we're doing while we're teaching the word of God. And hey, yeah. you know what? We need we need hey. people's uh, support. And yeah. And, you know, let me just say something about, you know, Keith's premium content library. You know, I I, um, I have free membership in there. <laughs> <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> I earned it. OK. And, and I was looking at some of the videos and honestly, I was I was humbled at the um, the level of quality that, that Keith has put into it. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw some of the numbers of, of, of the cost of these things, I was scared. And I said, I'm doing audio. <laughs> But really, yeah. but really, yeah. it's you know, it takes money to do that kind of thing, that kind of quality video. And I think what you're doing now with Scripture Bites is a testimony to how effective that is. That people have watched this, and hundreds and hundreds of people have seen it, and they're like, "I need my friends to see this." Exactly. This isn't some you know uh, audio I'm going to sit you know listening to while you know while I'm on the treadmill, uh, which is what I do. Um, it's um, it really is you know really powerful, engaging you know mm-hmm. audio visual experience that you can share with somebody who you know who has a master's degree from Hebrew University, like me, or somebody who doesn't even know the Aleph Bet. And, and to everybody, it really is engaging. So I want yeah. to give you kudos Well, I couldn't do it without you, my friend. You've been of great help. And so though, though that's the ministry minute. So let's get back and start, and continue, rather. And to keep, keep reading. Can we keep reading? Sure, please. Let's keep reading, because you just came up with something really important. You said that that is talking about water. And now, verse 9, why was this selected as the Torah portion? For it says here, to me, this is like the days of Noah when I swore that the waters, there's the word waters, Mm -hmm. of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Come on. I mean, when they're looking through what's going to be the section that we can talk about for the section that would be the Torah portions, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, I don't know if you know this. So our, our show... Yeah. Torah pearls yeah. is now in its fourth it's its fourth deal. The one that fourth you, year. the yeah. fourth year, the original Torah pearls mm-hmm. is in its fourth yeah, year. The Isn't original that amazing? Torah so so what we're gonna do, this is what we're doing on our site, mm-hmm. I hope you do the same, mm-hmm. uh, is is that when we have this uh, Prophet Pearls, there'll be a link for them to listen to mm-hmm. the original Torah pearls. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah, and, and you know, and the, the tradition, and again this is tradition, but it's a really ancient tradition, um goes back at least to the first century. Uh, probably to the uh, second or third century BC, and and the idea was that they would read a portion from the Torah. The Greeks came along during the the, the time mm-hmm. of what became Hanukkah and forbade them from reading the Torah in public. So instead, they read a section from the prophets that reminded them of the Torah portion they weren't allowed to read. When the Greeks were defeated, they continued this practice. And 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 you know, if you're looking for a, a Torah por- a prophet's portion that that parallels the Torah portion. This is an obvious one because the Torah portion is about Noah and the flood, and here it mentions Noah by name. Mm. And, and, of course, the question I want to ask in verse 9 is, so it brings the metaphor of Noah, it brings this image of Noah. What is the significance of that in this context? Come on. It's, so it's saying, 
you, this is like me, the waters of Noah. Yes. Just as I swore from uh, the the uh, the waters of Noah would never pass over the earth again, so I swear that I will never uh, uh, have wrath against you and rebuke you. That's yeah. literal from the Hebrew. Yeah. And what that means is, you know, there's going to be this en- this time in the end. There's going to be this final redemption. Mm-hmm. And when the final redemption takes place, there won't be anything after that. Yeah. Meaning there won't be any more um, Israel being punished and rejected mm-hmm. by God. But it, God will gather us back like the abandoned woman, take us back into our home with our husband. And then we will have this period of eternal peace. And just as God is never going to bring another flood on the earth, he will never bring another um, may exile come, and may punishment. It come quickly. May Amen. it come quickly. May it be this afternoon. So now, yes. So now it says, I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken, the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Folks ought to take a look at that. Unfailing love for you mm-hmm. will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says Yehovah, who has compassion on you. By the yeah. way, yeah. that's another example. Thank you, Sven, yeah. where we could see section ending. Yeah. One, section ending. He says it again. Yeah. Another section where he says it here. Quote, and, I, and I think it's interesting. In, in the earlier ones, we if we look at the progression... You know, he started off and, and uh, he says, you know, Amal Yehovah says Yehovah. And then, I may not be getting all of them. He says Amal Elohayich in verse 6 says your God. Mm-hmm. And then in verse, um, uh, we had Amal Goalech Yisrael in verse uh, 8 says your, your Redeemer Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here in verse uh, 10, we have Amal Merachamech Yehovah mm-hmm. says your, the one who has mercy upon you, Come Yehovah. On, okay. The one who treats you like the mother who treats the child from her womb. It's the same word there, the word womb compassion. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say one thing real quick about uh, this phrase, Brit Shlomi, my covenant of peace, Mm -hmm. which also appears in Ezekiel 37, this covenant of peace that God will have with Israel. Mm -hmm. And and, and I love this. This It's just so clear that we have this eternal covenant, that God Mm -hmm. has this eternal covenant. It can never be abrogated. It can never be ended. Um, You know, if you believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that God is and does not change, then that eternal covenant always stands. Unless you say God's a liar, that is a covenant for all time. Amen. So here's what we're going to do, and we're going to be sensitive to time. We're going to read it. We want to challenge everyone that's listening to do this. We want you to read the passage. We want you to comment. Go to NehemiahsWall.com. Go to BFAInternational.com. And where you're listening to it, right there at the bottom, you can comment. And those comments are a way for us to continue to encourage other people to keep reading, to keep digging, because there's no way we're going to cover it all. I mean, I've got a couple of things we have to spend some time on, okay. and we don't have very much time left. <laughs> wait, so, so. wait and, and can I just say one more thing? Um, I want to really, really encourage the people to, you know, after you've heard this and you decide, wow, I really, you know, found this to be valuable – then go to your Facebook page and share this or go to your Google Plus page and share this because yeah. that could be your ministry to get this message to other Amen. people. That's good. That's you know, good. I mean, re- really, um, you know, we, we could have a certain number of people. But if you go and you share that, you could have all of, you know, all of your people who, who follow yeah. you, who are friends with you. Mm-hmm. It can be exposed to a much wider audience. And that's really what we want to do. We want to get this and, message out. And let me out. say this. I want to give you credit on that, Nehemia. One of the things that you challenged me on way back in 2007, and I, I hated it. <laughs> and in 2008, and I hated it. In 2009, <laughs> I, I, was, I hated it. You had this whole issue of how social media was going to be something that we needed to be able to use to get a message out and there's people who struggle with us they say one of the people say you know they say well you're marketing and you said something on tour that has just not gotten out of my head right you talked about i was very offended the woman said you're just trying to market to us because we were inviting them to you know uh sign up for each of us has like an update that we send out a newsletter 
Uh, mine's been going since like 97, 98. Yeah. Um, yours is more recent. Um, and the woman said, you're, you're just trying to market to us. And I was very offended. And I thought about it for a minute. I said, she's right. And I accept that. We live in the marketplace of ideas. Mm. And the marketplace of ideas, we're not the dominant product. We're not Coca-Cola. We're mm. like Royal Crown or something like that. <laughs> what are those little like like local sodas that don't, nobody even knows about? Um, or actually one of the things you get at the health food store. Uh, that's what we are. And, um, and the marketplace of ideas, the, the, the Coca-Cola and the Pepsi in the marketplace of ideas are agnosticism and atheism. Mm. And that's who we're competing with. Mm. And in that marketplace of ideas, you better market. You better get your message out. You better share the word of God with people. Just Amen. like Isaiah stood in the – he didn't stand in his study room in his inner chamber. Isaiah stood in the marketplace. Yeah. And he professed his word. And the very next verses, if we – I know we have we – No, did, say the next no, verse. No, Isaiah 55, verses 1 to 2 Wait, is look, Isaiah look, marketing. Would well, you, you let me we're read? Not there yet. No, we're but not. can I skip ahead because it's in no, the top? No, no. I've got it. Oh, Just oh, real geez. quick. We'll go back. He says, Hoi kol all those who are thirsty come to the water of Asher. And those who have no money go and buy and eat. And he, he's doing what they did in the marketplace. He's inviting people to come. Mm-hmm. What they would do in the marketplace, go to Israel to this day and stand in the shuk in the outdoor marketplace. And you'll hear people will say, They're saying, you can get five you know, watermelons for 10 or you know, five, like five oranges for 10. It's like honey. It's like honey. And, and this is what he's doing, but he's doing it with the word of God. Isaiah mm-hmm. is marketing the word of God. And he's saying, the word of God is free. Come and eat it. And it's going to nourish you like nothing else ever nourished. Well, you. I got to stop and give you some credit on something. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that uh, we, we, we have been doing with Prophet Pearls. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we did with Torah Pearls and mm-hmm. doing this with Scripture Bites. Now, when we first brought this up last week, Nehemiah was very, you know, he, he, he had not really seen it. He's done something yeah. that really has shaken, uh, <laughs> shaken me at my heart. Yeah. You saw the first episode of Scripture Bites yeah. and you did an Isaiah. Yeah. You put it on your page and said, well, this so, is, so Keith has been telling me for months about this program. He's done scripture bites. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't, whatever, I don't whatever. have time for this. Yeah. Finally, he, he you know, got me to watch it. And I'm like, wow, this is really good stuff for, you know, somebody who wants, he's, you know, teaching them some Hebrew, teaching them some history, you know, in, in a way that's, 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 um, you know, engaging, really engaging, yeah. you know, really and, and high tech and, and funny and, and high tech yeah, and, yeah. And, and appealing. And I thought, wow, I, I want people to see this. Because, you know, as I said in, in my post on Facebook, he really hit it out of the park with this thing. Mm. He did it in a way that's engaging. And, and the response has, has proven that I was right. Amazing. Because it's been like hundreds and hundreds of shares. And maybe by the time people listen to this, it'll be even more than that. Yeah. Uh, may it be Jehovah's will. Um, and I think that's great that, you know, we're, we're, we're putting this message out. Um, but let me say what I like about it. Yeah. What I liked about it and what I like about Isaiah and what I like about your thing about saying, look, we're in a fight. What was Isaiah fighting? Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of thoughts were going out yeah. there? I mean, all through Isaiah, we see where he's battling that. And that's right. what I love about prophet pearls. What I love about Torah pearls. What I love about us doing what we're doing. Scripture bites. All these things. How to give people a chance to have access to the word of God mm-hmm. in its original language, history, and context. And you know what? We threw it up against the wall and said, let's try to get creative. And you know what? People responded. There'll be 10 separate episodes of that. That was the first one. So I want yeah. people to to watch it and to comment and to share it. And you, my friend, win the share award. <laughs> I told you I didn't need anything to do with Facebook. I said I wanted nothing to do with it. I hated it. You, you know, told so me it, Facebook isn't real. And then, <laughs> and then, like, there were governments toppled by organizations exactly. on Facebook. Exactly. social media you know, in, the, in the Arab Spring and other yeah. situations like that. So, and to the point where in certain countries, Facebook has been banned, where you can't even go to Facebook 
because the government says, wait a minute, people might talk about what we're doing and we can't stop it. Mm. And this is, you know, once again, Facebook is the modern day marketplace. It's Isaiah standing mm. in the public square and say, saying, you know, why should you weigh out silver for that which is not bread and your toil that does not satisfy Surely listen to me and eat good. I'm reading from Isaiah 58, mm-hmm. 5, 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eat good and, and uh, oh, and I love this, and, and, and take pleasure in the fat of your soul, meaning the fat of your, your mm-hmm. appetite, meaning mm-hmm. eat the fat, the healthy, saturated fats, and, <laughs> um, and be nourished by the word of God. <laughs> I'm not going to go on a rabbit trail, but, you know, Nehemiah's on this uh this, this this diet, which I just don't understand. I mean, it's just... He thinks they wear a tinfoil hat I think he's got a tinfoil hat Look, I'm following the advice it's, of the doctor. Okay. If it doesn't work, I'll try so, something else. If someone's going to say, what does the diet have to do anything? Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk. <laughs> it says, without money and without cost, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, 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 listen. To me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear. Oh no, no, no! That's not what it says in your translation. Of course it does not. In the Hebrew, it says, "In your soul will delight, or you will you will be satisfied. You you will be happy. You will delight uh, your soul in the fat." Is what it literally says. I knew that it, <laughs> it says it's fat. No, 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 that, that. You're do it. It says dishes. It's the okay, fat. all right. It says it. So anyway, Nehemiah, let's just for a quick, quick commercial. Do, you know, two years ago today, yeah. there's all sorts of process we've been in. Yeah. Uh, you and I are in the same house again together. We don't know how long we'll be here. Yeah. I've got places to go. You've got mm-hmm. places to go. Um, but what's yeah. exciting about doing this is we're actually sitting together. Yeah. And this is always the thing that I appreciated about our relationship. There's some people that get uncomfortable about us ministering together, mm-hmm. different thoughts, whatever. But what I love about Prophet Pearls is right now we've got our computers, we've got our the, the, we've got our scriptures open. I got my NIV, I got my Hebrew, and I got my Bible Yeshua read, and it is just inspiring me to yeah. be doing this with you. I just wanted I just wanted to say, and I want us to I want to read. So, so I just got to say one more thing yeah. about that. You know, we did the Torah Pearls. What was it? Now, going on to four years ago. Um, I mean, it's in its fourth cycle now of repeating the original Torah Pearls, and the original Torah Pearls really is. Um, it was done in a certain spirit at a certain time. And what we're doing here is we're continuing that same spirit. Mm. And that same spirit is uh, a Karite Jew and a Methodist. A, a Methodist, a mad Methodist. And we're coming together. I'm <laughs> not mad. No, I mean, in the I'm sense that there's, yeah. a, there's a Methodist to the madness, I say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, and the Methodist who, who, who loves the Torah and, and uh, you know, does what he does. Um, and we're coming together in the spirit of finding common ground, in the spirit of Amos three three, which in the original, in the English, it says, How, "Can two walk together unless they be agreed?" But in the original Hebrew, it says, "Can two walk together without having met one another?" Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do is come together and walk on common ground. That's what the original Torah pearls was about, and that's what the true prophet pearls is about. Mm. And there may be other things done out there that are being done in different spirits and a different spirit than what we're doing, but that has nothing to do with us. No, it doesn't. We are really continuing the spirit of the original Torah pearls, and and it really is about building faith on common ground. Mm. And look, we could I could sit with my a Karite brother, and he could be sitting next to me like like just like you are, and we could spend the entire time tearing each other down and looking for the differences and saying why he's wrong and why I'm wrong. He'll say why I'm wrong, and I'll be right, of course. Um, <laughs> and and but and the alternative here is we can come from these vastly different places and say, what is the word of God saying to God's people, all who call upon his name, all who mm-hmm. love him? Um, and, you know, I, I just am always reminded of this verse in the Psalms. I don't remember the exact verse number. It says, Yehovah is close to all those who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. And the one thing I've seen from you after all these years together 
is whatever we disagree on, you are calling upon Yehovah in truth. Amen. 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 May it be for all those that are listening. I want to challenge you all because we are getting close to the end of our time. <laughs> now we, we, oh. we, yeah, we're getting very close. I want to challenge some, some folks to read verses 11 through. Th- I'm going to read them. Oh, back I want to 54. Them, I'm going to read 11 to 15. Then we're going to take a little bit of time at the end for 14. Okay. 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 It says, afflicted city lashed by storms and not comforted. I will build you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with sapphires. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. I wish I could stop there. And all your sons will be... Oh, I I have to say this. Go keep on. 13. All your sons will be taught by the Lord. But it doesn't say it that way. It's like... All your sons will be discipled. That's actually what it says, <laughs> disciples. And no. I have a great story about that. There's probably no time to tell. Oh, I got Can three. I just no, tell no, my no, story? No, 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 I'm reading. No, I got three okay. sons. I want, I want them all to be discipled. Okay. So it's very exciting. I want people to go back to this. It says here, um, 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 and great will be your children's peace. In righteousness, you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. Oh, man, this is off. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far Amen. removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Now we got to get to the fun part. Yeah. Okay. Can we do this, folks? Please bear with us. Check this for yourself. Send us a note. Ask a question. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame mm-hmm. and forges a weapon fit for its work. Yeah. And it is I who have created the destroyer to work havoc. Can we? When you read that. I mean, does that not? I mean, to shake you up just a little bit. I mean, that, when I read that, I'm thinking, wait, wait, did, is that verse supposed to be in there? What do you mean? He is the one who, who, who it says, he says, um, I who created. It says, it is I who have mm-hmm. created, and of course, in English, it says the destroyer to work havoc. It's almost like it's almost as if God is like in control of everything. Almost I mean, as almost, if. Almost as it if, is. It's almost <laughs> as if. He is. It's, 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 it's if God is really bigger than He's the creator of everything. And that, yeah. I mean, it's almost like there's no competition with him. It's not like he's up there cowering while havoc and confusion. Mm. It's like, and, and that's why I love the verse. I love this yeah. verse is that he's he's the all God. He nothing nothing is outside of his ability. His arm isn't too short. Sometimes things happen uh, in our lives that, as he says. I'm the one that brought it to you for a reason. I'm trying to mold you and shape mm-hmm. you. And so that's that's as much as I'll say about that. But now, here comes my favorite verse from when I was a pastor, as I used to say. Okay. <laughs> Whenever people attack me, I'd always come up with this verse. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Mm-hmm. Ah, what do you think of that? I think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, again, this is in the context of there's going to be this period of eternal peace. Mm-hmm. Of eternal, you know, once we're we're taken back by Yehovah after this period of exile, when mm-hmm. the the physical and the spiritual exile ends, mm-hmm. we're going to be in the situation where where we're where we're protected by Yehovah and we're invincible. Ah. And you know, and I get the image here, and I know this is kind of a mixing of metaphors, but I get the image of here of there's this husband who's protecting his wife, and nothing mm-hmm. can harm her. Amen, amen. Well, this is what the heritage of the servants of Yehovah is, and this amen. is their vindication from me. Declares Yehovah. May we inherit another, it soon. That's another section. So, how many sections did we have of these of these of oh, these statements? That thus says, I think five. Isn't there five is in that in that yeah. chapter? I might, I might be right. I might be wrong there. You guys check for yourself. Um, but again, what's beautiful about it is you got Isaiah there and he's hearing from Yehovah. Yehovah is speaking through his mouth. We already did 55, but again, I do oh, have to oh, say... We, we, we can't end without no, going no, to the, the no, we have to passage yeah. in 55. Yeah, we have we to. We just do it real quick. We're going to, but again, my yeah. favorite word in the Bible, yeah. 
Hoy. That's what it says in Hebrew, and that's the calling of attention. And yeah. it's saying, Hoy, come on now. I'm about to do something. And again, when you took me to the yeah. ship the first time, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I love how they, they the, call it. The outdoor the market in Jerusalem yeah, the is, outdoor is, is the yes. same as the ancient markets, and you know, find them all over the Middle East, the yeah. same today. Um, so we just got to do verses 3, 4, and 5, yes. and we'll do them real quick. Yes. Because we said we'll end it under an hour about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so can you read 3, 4, and 5 in, yes. in English? Yes, give and we'll ear and come to me, hear me, that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Oh, how could we not do this verse? This is why I insisted. Well, we have to do this. You jump ahead, and then you then then, then I think we no, that was done. we drenched in the introduction. <laughs> You're the, right. The meat That's, of it is verse three. Okay, yeah, three, four, and five. And it says, I, "I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David." Amen. And so this is really unique in the Tanakh in, yes, in, in a sentence, in that here there is this promise being expressed to all of Israel. And that's a promise that goes back to Moses and in, in, in you know in, in the desert or in Egypt even and all the way back to Abraham. But here, maybe for the first time, and, and maybe it's not for the first time, but definitely this is the one that stands out and is the clearest, where God is connecting his eternal covenant to Israel to that which he promised David. Oh boy, and, I love this. And David, of course, in this context, I think, well, I mean from the well, next verses, obviously. This messianic can come in. It's definitely messianic. This is messianic. From the next verse, it's messianic. Okay, go ahead. And so, and so from my perspective, and again, you know, some people will disagree with me. That's fine. But the way I see it is when it's speaking here of David, it's saying the promise to David, the line of David, just as God was going to have, you know, before he said Noah, right? Just as he has the covenant with Noah, he's going to have the covenant with Israel. And here, based on the promises to David, he will have this eternal covenant mm. with Israel. Mm. And, um, and so verse 9, or sorry, verse 4 in mm. the Hebrew Says, Head Ed Luumim Natatif, behold, I will give him as a testimony, a witness yes. to nations. Nagid Umitzavel Umim, a ruler and a commander of nations. You better preach that. So, this is talking about the future Messiah, yes. who will be the, the physical flesh and blood king of the earth. And of course, Jews say it's going to be when the Messiah comes, and Christians say when he, when he comes back. Mm-hmm. But we all agree, and here again, this is common ground. This, this is referring is to the Messiah, who will be the ruler of the world. Amen. And then it says, Hein goi lo te da Behold, a nation you did not know, you, uh, you will call. Vagoi lo yedaucha yelecha yarutsu. And uh, a nation you did not know, they will run to you. Mm. So here we've got Israel set up as um, this you know, woman that's been taken back and is now in this state of eternal peace with the Messiah as her ruler. And all the nations will run to her and she, she will call them and they will all come back. They'll all be mm. together under the rulership of this King Messiah. May it be soon. Amen. Leman Yehovah Elohecha, for the sake of Yehovah your God, v'likdosh Yisrael kifearech. And for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And I love that word, glorified you, because you don't know this in the English, but in the Hebrew, it's fe'arach. It's speaking to uh, a woman. We're mm. back to using the metaphor of Israel as the mm. woman. Mm. He's going to glorify you, a woman, a wife. Um, and this is for the sake of Yehovah. He will give you your Messiah, and all the nations will come together under his rulership. Mm. And you will have an eternal covenant of peace. Well, I want to say something. Look, I mean, what I appreciate about this passage, we don't have to run around it. We don't have to, we don't have to skip around it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to run from it. Uh, sometimes I notice that uh, there's this fear that we can't mm-hmm. find the common ground, especially around the, uh, the seed of David, okay. around the Messiah. Yes. And, and in fact, that's exactly what we find here. This is not one where we're making it up or trying to fit it in, taking the, the past and pushing it into the verse. 
It clearly says it. I don't care if you're looking at the English. I don't care if you're looking at the Aramaic. I don't care if you're looking at the Hebrew. You can be looking at the uh, uh, the Chinese. You can look at the Chinese, which is another conversation we'll talk about next week. <laughs> but what's amazing about it is there's a promise right there. He's speaking to the love promised to David. I have made him a witness to the peoples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, whatever whatever place you're coming from, is it not exciting that we don't have to run from that? We can lean right in. We're speaking about Messiah right in that verse. So is there anything else you want can, to say? Before can we, we end with a prayer? Oh, absolutely. We have, you know, folks, can, I wanted to tell you something. We just got back from tour. I don't know what Nehemiah is going to do about this. Something happened on the tour that I still have not been able to figure out. I've, on the airplane, I was trying to ask Nehemiah. We've been back a couple of days. And uh, all I can say is we found real common ground, I think, uh, when we were going along and doing what we were doing, because I think both of us uh, came to a place where we realized how big God is and how much he loves his people and how much he loves us that he would even allow us to be ones that could stand for him. So I would love it, Nehemiah, if we could end with a prayer and if you'd be willing to do that. Yehovah, Eloheinu v'elohev, v'teinu v'elohev, v'aham elohe, Yitzchak v'elohe, Yaakov. Yehovah. Our God, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Avinu Shabashamayim, our Father in heaven, let us all very soon be running towards one another mm-hmm. and embracing one another as chavirim, as friends, as mm-hmm. bonded under the rulership of this witness that you've promised to us. Let us all look upon this witness and be under his rulership and his command. Mm-hmm. Yehovah, please soon bring this kingdom here on earth, the kingdom where they take the swords and they beat them into plowshares, and they take the thermonuclear weapons and they beat them into nuclear power plants to give us electricity. And Yehovah, we ask that all those who are are making weapons against us to cut off our heads and blow up our people, that that you take us back soon Mm -hmm. so that those weapons that you make, that they make against us shall no longer prosper. Mm. Yehovah, I ask that the covenant of David, that in the, in in the your faithfulness and loyalty of that covenant of David, that you you establish that now, mm. and may it be today that the seed of David appears to all mankind, mm. and we embrace his rulership into our heart, and mm. you give us a new heart, mm. you take the heart of stone, as Ezekiel said, mm. and you give us a new spirit, as Ezekiel said, mm. and together. We all praise your name and glorify you, Yehovah. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate the fact that you have tuned in. We went a few minutes over, but it was for prayer. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) So until next week, we are going to keep on doing what we're doing. We're going to keep studying. We're going to keep reading. We're going to keep watching. And we're praying. ask that you keep praying for us. Uh, For next week, we look forward to another time where we'll be doing Now, Real quick, next week. So so next week, Nehemiah, that will actually be one that's not been ever taped before. The third one has never been taped. Is that right? Right. So the next week will be fresh, brand new. No, 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 no. Well, you know, I mean, the first two we did, I mean, I stand by everything we did three years ago yeah. but definitely my feeling was two years ago there were some things going on and i didn't fully even understand the full picture at the time i honestly i'm, I'm so self-centered i thought it was all about me mm-hmm. and now looking back i see that yehovah had a bigger plan mm-hmm. and you know as as the syrian once said yehovah stuck out his hand and said stop and so we stopped and therefore we're going to stop this recording right now until next week this is keith johnson and Javier shili nechemia gordon <laughs> amen Thank you for listening to Profit Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. 
For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com.